Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the majestic Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm doing great. Just uh, living the dream, man. Living I don't know. the dream. Yeah, living the dream. I don't know why I called you majestic. I, I'll i take it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's kind of weird. I don't. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> I I have that effect on people, Ben. Just, yeah, mountains are majestic. Yeah, Matthews you know? are majestic too. Yeah, Matthews are majestic. I yes. you know I don't know. Do you the know alliteration any magic there just kind of rolls off the oh. tongue. That's probably maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Is the alliteration? But do you know any magic tricks? Uh, money in my bank account disappears pretty quickly. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I have that superpower as well. I can also do that trick. So we're, it's Sunday. Why are we recording on Sunday? Because you have a life. You're you're going off and traveling. That's right. I'm doing something fun. I'm traveling for the next week. I am going to the um, the the land of our roots. Oh, some half of our roots, uh, Mexico. Um, I'm going to enjoy some time in the sun away from m- m- many of my other members of my family. This is like a like a this is like a solo vacation. It's not really though. No, because you got it's one not. person you're going with. Yeah, fan number one. <laughs> hey, mom. <laughs> oh no, she's probably going to listen to the podcast on the airplane. <laughs> Good thing is I'm sitting in business class. She's sitting in coach. Oh. <laughs> Some tell me you made the uh, the flight arrangements. <laughs> Uh, well, we each made our own flight arrangements, uh, but just two of us have, our lives have gone different directions, you know, (laughs) different paths in our, our lives, shall we say? Uh, Um, love you, mom. Love you. (laughs) Uh, anyway, Matthew, I got a question for you. Okay. If you had to eat whale or puffin, which would you eat? Well... Puffins are birds. <laughs> yeah, they are. Whales are not fish. They're technically mammals. <clears throat> Here, I'll throw another animal in there for you. Okay. Horse. Horse. Oh, and okay. Well, now, I think I think I got to go puffin. Like, puffin? like a, little, a little fried puffin? That sounds mm. like, like that could be tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Iceland, Matthew, you can eat all three of these things, um, you know, because I, I think once upon a time, uh, when you, when they were living on this island, there was literally nothing else to eat. Okay. It was, it was puffin or the horses that they brought with them or the, the little minky whales. I think they were, I don't, I might be wrong. Uh, they, they eat this little whale that is very abundant. Uh, to be clear, they don't, I don't think they eat much of any of these. They also eat fermented shark, which I will tell you, if you get presented with those four things, fermented shark's got to be at the bottom of your list. <laughs> it really should be. I know. I mean, like, I know. I know. And the animal lovers who are listening to this right now are appalled that any of these items are on the list. 
And and I get it. Like, I understand. I don't care. But I understand where you're coming from. Also, I would never eat a puffin. They're so cute. You're wearing a shirt with a puffin on it, actually. I know. That's how I thought of the question. (laughs) I got it in Iceland. I went on a puffin. I went on a puffin viewing tour, and it was really annoying because it was a whale and puffin viewing tour, and we saw a humpback whale, and so we followed that for most of the time, and it was cool. But I've seen enough humpback whales. You know what, Matthew? Like I've seen them in in our hometown. Yeah, I've been to Hawaii many times. What I wanted to see was the puffin, and we barely had time for that because all these people are like, "Oh, look at the whale! Look at the whale!" <sighs> whales are the worst. Hate whales. <laughs> They'll do a whole lot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But anyway, folks, we don't condone eating any of those things on this show. We love animals. That's right. Especially, I, I take my especially, answer back. I wouldn't eat any of them. I'd starve. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good answer, Matthew. All Good right. Answer. All right. I, I, got, I, I got a or... question for you, though. Oh, okay. Again. I, I, yes. So I, I've, uh, if you were to win the lottery. Mm, the Powerball one. Currently the $2 like billion $1.7 billion or something like that. I don't even know mm-hmm. what it is now. but I think uh, it's going to be up to $1.9 by tomorrow when they draw again. Yeah. Uh, are you taking the cash option or the 29-year annuity? Oh, wow. Uh, well, you know, 29 years sounds like it's probably going to be longer than I have left. Um. So so that's that seems like a and I don't know if that carries over is inheritable. I, don't I know, think it does. It is. I think oh, it does. Okay. Yes. Well, you know, part of me thinks I you know, I think the obvious answer is take the cash and that is probably what I would do. But, you know, suddenly you have like a billion dollars in cash and they like give that to you and they're like, OK, here you go. And it's not like they hang on to it. You know, you know, you know, you have like I think you have like a very little period of time to like receive it. What do you do with a billion dollars? Like in in cash. Like who has that much cash? Right. Well, we know Elon Musk doesn't, right? So <laughs> I mean <laughs> So I yeah. Uh, yeah, well, with the if you had so you'd have a you'd have like a billion dollars in cash and you could probably buy one twentieth of Twitter for him. Too bad he paid twice that rate. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, which is like interesting. But anyway. Today is Sunday, November 6th, as we record this podcast. The Giants went zero in zero in the last three or four days um, because they did not make it to the World Series. They didn't make it to the playoffs at all. And I think I'm finally going to give that bit up now, now that the World Series is over. Um, We all have the same record now, Ben. That's right. That's right. We're all starting fresh. We're tied, we're tied with the Colorado Rockies for last place. Right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and right now we have as much direction as the Colorado Rockies. Right? Like, we know as much where we're going as those guys do. I'd like to think our guys have a plan. Yeah, I was just saying us as the fans, we oh, have as okay. much of a plan for our team as the as the front office for the Rockies does. That's right. It's like the okay. equivalent. Absolutely. Then, yes, that is the case. I think you and I could run the Rockies better than the Rockies run themselves. I certainly would have been dropping all that cash on Chris Bryant. So, <laughs> right there, I get, I get props. Oh, but anyway, congratulations to, uh, to the Houston Astros. And, uh, and of course... A number of, of ex-Giants, um, I would like to call out Dusty Baker, who, um, you know, it was a, 
a great manager for the San Francisco Giants. It's well past his due. You know, you and I had cocktails with the man. Um, and all I have to say is 20 years too late, Dusty. <laughs> 20 years too late. I know you did this game by the book just like you did in game six in 2002 because that's just how you roll. But you had much better relievers this year. You should have left Russell in. You should have left him in. But congrats, my man. I really feel like that's going to be like on your tombstone. Like it'll be, you know, it'll be like, here lies Ben Henry, you know, beloved husband, father. And then on the bottom of the quote said, Dusty should have left Russ in. And that'll be what we put on the bottom there. Right, right. And Colorado couldn't have beaten the Braves one time. (laughs) One time. One time in 1993. That's all we needed. One time. (laughs) But there were a couple of other Giants, uh, ex-Giants on the team. Uh, Will Smith, right? Yeah. Ex, ex-left-handed reliever. I don't think he made any of the postseason rosters, but he's still getting the ring. That's right. And who else was there, Matthew? Doobie. The curse. Doobie. The curse of Doobie is over. Doobie has we, won himself a ring. Is it? Is it over? I mean, we hope. Yeah, I'm hoping he's not like the vindictive Doobie. I'm hoping he's like, oh, I got my ring now. I'll stop. I'll drop the curse. I Doobie. don't think these. I don't think the person who triggers the curse actually has control over the curse. Oh, really? I thought that's how it worked because I I have lots of curses on people. Do you think they're actually cursed? I'm 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 hoping. You you're hoping. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's weird, man. First of all, uh, do you like little dolls with like needles or what? No, just just no. you know, I curse thee. You know, I I curse thee. Yes. Yeah. May there be a pox on your family. Oh, I okay. see. I see. I thought maybe you just cussed them out. Oh well, I've done that too. Dusty. Um, wow. Okay. So the curse of Dubon, as everybody knows, uh, the San Francisco Giants um, traded uh, traded Dubon for was it for Perpierski? Yeah. Who did like, they, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. Who they just they just released. So they basically gave Dubon away. And and why did they give Dubon away? Remind me. Because he couldn't hit. That's right. He was only good at one thing. Yeah. Defense. <laughs> but who needs defense? <laughs> who needs defense? That's the whole reason the Astros picked him up. He did not have a single at bat in the postseason, but he did appear in two World Series games, and he's gonna get a he's gonna get a ring. He was yeah. a valuable contributor to the Houston Astros. That's right. He was a defensive replacement because Houston values defense, and they just won a World Series, and the Giants don't have a plan. But anyway, is that all? Is there anything else more? Uh, is there anything else that we need to say about the World Series? Because thank God it's over. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think you know it's done. Uh, free agency starts in just a few days. Mm. Uh, so we could probably we talk should, about that. Yeah, we should talk about that. Right? You said you said how many days? Five days. It's five days after the last game. Yeah, after the so World that's Series. So like, that's like Thursday. Thursday. If, Does yeah. that mean they can sign him on Thursday? I don't know if it's like Thursday well, and then the next on... day or what, but mm-hmm. let's just go with Thursday. Let's. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going right. to be expecting Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge should be signing with the Giants on Thursday, and if he doesn't, there's, we we big mad, <laughs> right? We big mad. Um, I have my pitchfork is is almost almost perfectly sharpened. You're I got ready. one of those wide ones too, with the, the the tines that swing way out wide. Oh, you know, like the rounded ends. Yeah, because then you can fit more heads on one pitchfork. 
You thought this through, I see. I have thought it through. I am ready. <laughs> I am ready. I am ready for the to, to open up the 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 the, uh, the MLB.com app and see how the Dodgers have signed Aaron Judge. I'm ready for it. <laughs> I am ready to call for people's heads. I'm I'm amped. But you know, maybe we should do something else before we start talking about all that. I was going to say yes. I think uh, maybe maybe Bob needs to to inter- interject here. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, well, the Giants have not signed Aaron Judge yet, so that means I'm drinking... Let me guess. A planter's punch? A planter's punch! Thank you, Matthew. Uh, yes, folks, I am drinking another planter's punch. But I am actually... I, I have... You know, first I was just trying to, like, find Ben's recipe... But you know what? Every year I like to host a, a very large Thanksgiving feast. Woo-hoo! And um, I'm actually kind of thinking that it would be nice to serve a planter's punch at Thanksgiving. And so I've been kind of like steering my planter's punch recipes in the direction of a Thanksgiving holiday fall themed planter's punch. And so... The first step in that direction is I took last week's recipe and I replaced the pineapple juice with apple juice. And uh, and then I have I took my my raspberry syrup and I replaced that with just plain old simple syrup because I felt like raspberry wasn't very fall oriented, you know? Yeah. And uh, I replaced my my Zemaka uh, plantation rum. Jamaican pot distilled recipe uh, with a well, sorry rum with uh, with a demerara rum of aged five years, uh, and so this is this is a rum made from demerara sugar. I I can't remember exactly where this one was from. I think it was well I don't want to guess, but anyway it's a demerara, uh, and um, uh, still still keeping the lime juice because I feel like you got to have the lime juice in your planter's punch, otherwise it's not a planter's punch, and. Um, yeah, so anyway, it comes out to be two and a quarter ounces of Demerara rum, uh, three ounces of, um, sorry, two ounces of, of apple juice, uh, and then a, a, a three quarters of an ounce of um, lime juice, and then an ounce and a half of simple syrup. I stirred that all with ice to get really good dilution, so that's where I get my, my extra unit of dilution from, and then I poured all of that over ice in a nice insulated mug. Uh, this is a mug that I usually drink tea from, but today I've got a little bit of um, apple planter's punch in it. And you know what? It's really good. It's really simple. Because, you know, I've reduced the flavors by going back to simple syrup and um, and uh, and the Demerara rum. Well, the Demerara rum is a little bit more flavorful. It's a little bit more fall-oriented. And the apple juice carries the day right now. But the apple juice and the lime juice go really well together. Hmm. So it is, um, it's very pleasant. I don't think this is done yet. I, I can see where it's going, though. But this is a good stop along the way, folks. Uh, this is a very good fall recipe for mm. a, a nice planter's punch. Um, and oh yeah, again, the template there, for those of you who don't remember, it's one part sour, two parts sweet, three parts strong, four parts weak. There you go. And that's the recipe. Ben's planter's punch, number three, apple juice. Question on the apple juice. Is it filtered mm-hmm. or unfiltered apple juice? 
I believe this is unfiltered. That seems this like the way a, to go, right? It seems kind of... Yeah. You want that to have a little substance to it. Yeah. This one came from, um, you know, uh, uh, consumer um, gyms. Uh, okay. No. Uh, businessman uh, Jake's. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, yes. that grocery uh-huh. store that's... Cellar you know, Joe. Yeah. Right. Right. That place. Cellar uh, Joe's. And uh, it is not the spiced version, though, although that does look very tempting. I might actually move further in that direction uh, to a spiced uh, apple juice as we get closer to Thanksgiving. But uh, but yeah, uh, so unfiltered definitely added a little bit more sophistication. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It really is. It's, it's pretty good. I, I'm having a hard time not just chugging it all down. <laughs> all right, well... Bob, hit me up here. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, like Ben, I decided to go with some fall flavors. And generally when you think fall, I think you go with kind of the the darker uh, spirits. You know, rum, as in Ben's case. Bourbon, you know, definitely uh, something to, to consider. Uh, but I decided to go with tequila. And... and I love tequila. I love me a margarita. I love, you know, all that all the different different types of drinks you can make with tequila. But there's there's something about the tequila sour which is just a template, right? A template a sour is uh, two parts spirit, one part uh one part acid like uh basically lemon juice usually and uh, one part sweetener, so simple syrup. And uh so in this case, my sour I I I've kind of taken it in a fall fall way, uh, fall direction, I should say. And so it's a cinnamon tequila sour. It's got two ounces of reposado tequila, uh, an ounce of agave syrup, an ounce of lemon juice, a quarter teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and an egg white. And you shake all that up without ice in a cocktail shaker, and you shake it hard. Like, you really want to get a lot of air into that. And uh, so I shake it for a good 20, 30 seconds, just back and forth really hard. And then you pop the lid, and you add a bunch of ice, and you shake it again until it's well chilled. And then you double strain it into a coupe glass. uh, And you should get a nice foamy head on the top of it. Uh, mine was, a, it looks like a, it looks like apple juice. It looks like an apple cider kind of mixture there. Uh, and then I garnish it with a cinnamon stick and it's lovely. It is a, uh, a really kind of deep flavor. And, and I, and the reason I'm saying that is because I actually tried this recipe using a Blanco tequila and simple syrup instead of the agave and reposado uh, uh, tequila. And there is a distinct difference between the two. I mean, the first one was fine with the Blanco tequila and the simple syrup. It was a traditional sour, and it tasted fine. But when you add the reposado and the agave, it brings this kind of depth to it. That's, I mean, now it's like, it's almost a dessert. It's like so rich and like there's no apple in it, but it really, I feel like there's app. It's like apple pie. Like there's a tartness from the lemon kind of mimics the tartness of an apple and with the cinnamon in there. Uh, it's, uh, it's lovely. And, and I think if I were to play around with the, with the, the, um, with the different measurements, I might make it a little less sweet 
to bring out the tartness just a little bit more, uh, maybe three quarters of an ounce of agave syrup versus an ounce, because the agave is pretty sweet in itself. And uh, um, so in that case, it's a really sweet cocktail. So if you want to maybe a little bit more balance, maybe pull back a little bit on the uh, agave syrup. But uh, nonetheless, uh, this is what I'm drinking, and it's a nice fall tequila cocktail. That sounds good. It is. And, you know, the egg white, I, there are people who do sours without the egg white, and that's perfectly fine. But you should put the egg white in. Just the creaminess and the the just the texture that comes into your the mouthfeel is so much more pleasant. Such a more pleasant drinking experience when you when you add the egg white. And for if you're not into egg white or, you know, you're vegan, you can add aquafaba instead which is the juice that comes in garbanzo beans, a can of garbanzo beans, or chickpeas, same thing, right? Same. Uh, and uh, that actually uh, will also foam up quite nicely. So allegedly, I've never done it. but Because uh, <laughs> why would I? I'm going to go with the egg white every time. But, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know. But I actually have been in a bar where they did the aquafaba because they didn't want anyone like suing them for salmonella or something. So they used the aquafaba instead. And it was fun. Well, you can get the pasteurized ones as well, That's right? True. I mean, Good there's point. ways to do this, but generally speaking, like I've been to plenty of cocktail bars where they didn't do that at all. And if you're going to do uh, the pasteurized out of the carton, an ounce of egg white is what you want to shoot for. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I. I mean, by all means, you should try an egg white cocktail at least once, if you know, um, sometime in your your life, because it, it really does open up a whole new world. Uh, it really changes the way um, the cocktail feels, right? When you're you're drinking it, it just changes everything. Um, I like cocktail sours all kinds of ways. I mean, the way you're suggest you're is, is typically referred to as a fancy sour with the egg white in. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the egg white. I'm, I'm, I'm also a little bit partial to flips, which is the whole egg. Why not? Put you it all the in, whole there. Egg in there. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole egg, whole enchilada. I will say that's very up. tasty. I've done a flip on the show once. I think when our friend mm. Roe visited, I did a flip. Oh, that's right. And, uh, my, my, my stomach gurgled for the rest of the night. So, uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, but it was tasted really good, but my stomach was like, what was that? Why are you eating raw eggs? Yeah. <laughs> So just be well, well, you know. oh, whatever. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, on that note. Yes. Speaking on that of note. raw eggs. <laughs> speaking of gurgling uh, stomachs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet Giants, Aaron Judge's stomach is turning right about now. That's right. Well, the Giants have a have an omelet to make, don't they? They they they've got uh, they broke a lot of eggs last year, um, and now they gotta make. Uh, Make amends for breaking all those eggs and uh, and put together a new team for next year. And of course, as we said, like uh, signing day happens on on Thursday or Friday. We're, we're we're not really sure which, but it's one of those two days. And uh, and that's when you know I I think I think we are going to see some early signings. We always do. And they kind of establish the market, and you see the people who just are quickly snapped up off the table. Um. I really feel like that's got to be the Giants, Matthew. I, I feel like the Giants have got to act early. And I know we've been talking a long time about Aaron Judge. And I know I've been a big advocate for signing Aaron Judge. 
not even because like I think he's going to be a good ball player, which I do think he will be, but but just because like I think this team needs something interesting, a reason for fans to buy tickets in April, as I said last week. But I've been having second thoughts, and I'm thinking, Matthew, there's actually a few reasons that maybe we shouldn't sign Aaron Judge. Nope, no reason. Well, okay. I mean, if you say so, but but I mean, can I at least make some arguments? Can I can I can I throw some things out there? Okay. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Well, first reason is he's too old. He's 30 years old, Matthew, and we're talking about an 8 to 10 year contract, which means the man is going to be 38, 39, 40 years old when you're spent spending, what, somewhere between 36 and $42 million on the man, right? It's probably going to be somewhere in there. Uh, what, Sport Track proje- projects, what, $38 million, roughly? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, yes, that's, that's their average annual value is 38. And, like, you know... At eight years, a, by the way. As years. a 46-year-old man, I can tell you, nobody at 40 years of age deserves to get a paycheck that big. He's just going to be too old. And don't call me an ageist. He's going to be too old. But... Okay, that, okay that's so I'm, I'm going to be the counter-argument to that. Okay. Is that most free agents, because... You know, you get you're not eligible for free agency until you've had six years of major league service time. Yeah. So you're usually in your 29, 30 year season when you hit free agency. Okay. So that's not their fault. All right. That's right. just the way the system is. Okay. Right. What's what's also is that you are paying for a generational talent that just had arguably one of the best seasons in baseball history, and the cost of doing business is two wasted years at the end of that contract. All right. And if you don't want to pay those extra two years, then lump them into a six-year, six to eight-year contract while averaging $38 million and you're doing the same thing. But then you're like, right. you're, you know, then, then maybe you're overpaying for the short term. But if he has another season like last, you're still not overpaying. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I... I'll give you that, but I've got a better argument. Okay. Because that's at, you're right. I mean, that's at the end of his career. Like that's like that's like six years from now, right? Seven right. years from now. Eight After years they've from won now. like two or three World Series. Exactly. Like I get it. Okay. Fine. 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 But how about this? He's gonna get hurt. He's gonna be with the Giants for a year or two, and then he's gonna blow out his elbow or his knee or his you know spleen, and uh, and he's not gonna be able to play. You know, and and we're just going to be wasting all of this money on this dude. Yeah, that could happen. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like one Uh, of those people that that you never want to do anything worth being excited about because you're worried about things, how they might something bad might happen. Matthew, Exactly. Something bad might happen. But, and then I would get caught holding the bag. But you know what? Something good might happen, too. I don't think you understand what pessimist means. <laughs> okay? So, like, okay, like, 
all right, fine. Okay, fine. Okay, I I hear your logic though. You're like like that's just a fact of life. Any player could get hurt at any time. That's professional sports. That's playing this kind of. This is the doing this kind of thing at this high level. It could happen to anybody. Exactly. Thank you. That, I sound very articulate. Uh, yeah, yeah, fine, 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 fine. All right. Those are my weak arguments, by the way. Oh, you're going to come got, at me with more now? You got more? Yeah, well, I've got my strong argument right now. Okay. This is my strongest argument. I have a bunch of other arguments after this that I don't want to forget, but this is my strong one. Okay. Okay. Let's hear hear me out on this one. I'm, here, I'm listening. He's only one dude. Okay, he's going to cost us $38 million per year. Mm -hmm. And like he could get hurt, right? And and he let's just say he has the average chance of getting hurt, right? That's that's a really high risk to take on. And because he's so valuable and because he's, you know, like he's Aaron Judge and he's going to bring all these people in and blah, 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 blah. You have to give him this eight year contract. Mm -hmm. My argument is, what if we go spend that money on three or four dudes who all have the equal chance of getting hurt, but because there's four of them, that if one of them gets hurt, you still have the other three, and and then you actually, you know, have less variability in the outcomes, right? Like, you don't have one Aaron Judge, but you have, like, maybe an Andrew Benintendi or, you know, a Xander Bogarts or, you know, um, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe Blow. Right. And and you put those three together, they're they're more, more valuable than an Aaron Judge because they have less chance of getting hurt and, uh, and, and you spread it out through the lineup. When one of them's slumping, one of them's not. Yeah, okay. Let me let me give you three players that make around that are scheduled to make close to forty million dollars this year. All right, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, whoa, 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 and whoa. Tommy Lastella. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait a okay, second. Okay, so if those wait, are whoa, your whoa, three whoa, that you whoa, whoa, whoa. now. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, like, where's your plan now, Ben? Huh? You still have Aaron Judge, and you've got you've got these guys that are broken down and hurt. Two shit, Emmett. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you ever claim that I'm a Tommy Lestella <laughs> stan, okay? I am not a Lestella stan. That is not happening here. Okay, but first... would you rather have Aaron Judge or those three players? That's my point. Well, I think you know what the answer to that is. I, this is a stu- I don't even know why I agreed to be. I just kind of, I didn't even, we didn't even discuss this ahead of time. I just decided to throw myself on this grenade. These are all stupid arguments. Like, of course we want Aaron Judge. Uh, Who wouldn't? I mean, the reason, why do you want Aaron Judge? Because it's fun. Yes. Like, you know, there's the baseball side of it, and he'd be a great player. But it's also fun to root for a really good player. And we don't this have is- a really good player on our team. And why do we watch baseball? Because we want to watch really good players. For fun! Because it's fun! Oh yeah, that too. That's fun. It's fun. It's fun to get angry about something stupid. (laughs) It's fun to make our children cower in their rooms and not come out ever. Because dad's angry. And you know what? I want my children to I, I want my children to come out of their rooms more often. Uh, so I want a winning team, and uh, and I also want a team that's fun, like Aaron Judge. 
Well, and, and I do that for us. I think too. We we wonder about these. You know, we kind of well, we marvel at these different these thirty eight million dollar average annual value, whatever, and that's so much money. But I don't think we spend any time thinking about how much revenue the player produces. Yeah, and and so Aaron Judge versus four random schmoes is going to produce a lot more money in ticket sales, in jersey sales, in television contract money. Uh, you know, you start adding it. You know, those names make a difference. They're not. Sh- you know, I'm not shelling out money for a Tommy Lastella jersey, but I'm 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 buying a number ninety nine Giants jersey. Yeah. People people are going to go to more games and they're going to watch more games if Aaron Judge is on the team and that is going to increase the revenue for the San Francisco Giants. And that is a very good reason for signing him. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, 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 the only reason I think we're bringing this up is because we have seen that obviously there are contrarian arguments out there. Look, most fans want us to try and sign Judge. Most fans will be upset if we don't get him. But I think there are a lot of people out there that are that are making arguments that, at, at least on the surface, seem like they are uh, they're reasonable arguments. And I'm not saying they're not reasonable, but come on, like the best thing that the Giants can do for the fun of it and for the prospects of making this team better is to sign Aaron Judge. And it didn't have to be this way, right? If they had done more to sign free agents in years past, they might not be in this position, right? But now they are, right? I mean, fans are getting bored of this team, and they need to do something to to change that. They need to prove that they're not in this to squeeze profit out of this team; that they're in it for the fun too, right? Exactly. Like, like everybody complains about these rich people owning these teams, but the best thing that you can have in an owner is who tr- is somebody an owner who treats their team like a toy, not like a business, <laughs> right? And and I mean, just look across the bay, right? But I, I do think I do think one other argument around this whole Aaron Judge versus four others that I think people aren't really thinking about too is that when you add four players, when you sign someone in free agency, especially in the ten to fifteen million dollar range, it's going to be three to four years, right? It's a three year contract minimum, uh, unless they like coming off an injury or something like that. But when you when you do that, when you start adding players with longer contracts onto it, what does that do? It's it, it blocks prospects from making the team. And there's only so many spots on your roster to bring players up. And when you start signing a bunch of free agents, then you've blocked you know key key potential uh, you know prospects from joining the club. And so I think you kind of have to balance that. And certainly there's we have some spots that we need to fill. Uh, Aaron Judge is not going to be the only solution to our uh, to our problems, but you can't overdo it either because you know you know there could be a Marco Luciano two years away. There could be you know you've got you've got all these guys that are that we're here. Hearing about now, McCray and and you know all these guys. So I just Brown. exactly, yeah. So I think that those are the things that you have to kind of take into consideration as well. Yeah, you don't you don't want to block all of those paths with a bunch of different players. You you get one great player and then you build around them with your minor leagues, which of course, as we know, I have not been very satisfied with. But there are a lot of bright spots. And they could make an impact next year. And I think the Giants will be forced to use them. And if they have more openings, they will be forced to use them. And and I like to see young players come up too. I think that's very exciting, right? I want a Brown or a McCray or a Schmidt or, or you know, one of those guys, uh, Luciano or, you know, um, 
Oh, uh, Elliot Ross. Matos. How, how quickly <laughs> you've fallen. Don't even get uh, Matos anymore. Yeah, I mean, I well, yeah. Elliot's uh, got a long way to go, unfortunately. I think uh, he's. I think I've already declared him and never will be. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take that back. <laughs> but hey, I got more arguments why we shouldn't sign Judge because even though I am on the Judge bandwagon, as we know. I still I wrote a lot of these down. Like okay, I have a okay, lot of yeah. reasons why we shouldn't sign okay. him. All right. So okay. Yeah. Okay. The, the, empty, I read your, this, empty your gun, Ben. Tell yeah, me, yeah. Tell I me. read this one article in the McCovey Chronicles that I don't even know what the heck's going on in this article, Mr. Kennedy. Um, I'm really confused by what you're trying to say here. Like it's like it's it's like a little bit socialism. It's a little bit underdog. It's a little bit like you know. Uh, uh, I don't know Robin Hood, but but uh, but I think basically what you're saying is we want the underdogs to win. We like it when our team of ne'er do wells and castaways wins 107 games. So we want more of that. Mm-hmm. Matthew, if we sign Aaron Judge and we start spending money like we're the Dodgers or something, and we start winning because because we spend money and develop great players with oh. our money. Sounds like awful. That sounds awful. I, I I know, right? I know. It, it means that we won't have the scrappy underdog guys to root for. You, you know, Mr. Kennedy, if you want that, the, the A's have plenty of seats to sell you. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I, this argument. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it because the one part about this argument, he was like, "Look, like you know, if you spend all of this money." And it just, you know, all you're doing is now you're part of it, right? You, you are the Dodgers. You are the Yankees. And I'm like, no. The What you become is the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Oakland A's. You become an ownership that is in this industry just for the business. Then you're that rich guy making millions and millions of dollars of profit by putting a crappy product on the field. You got it all wrong, Mr. Kennedy. You want a team that spends all of its money on its players and runs in the red, right? We want the rich people to lose money on their toy so that we can enjoy winning right along with them. We don't want a team that runs in the black like the Pirates and the A's, right? Like that's the worst kind of team. That's that's absolutely what we don't want. I think what you're saying is, is that you don't like Major League Baseball and all the money it's generated. Like I don't know, go go watch Highlight or something. Well, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he's clearly a fan of Major League the the movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just wants to exactly. recreate that. Every uh, year. Yeah. Also, I that, that's like that's the norm. That's that's not the norm. It's right. It was a fluke. Twenty twenty one was a fluke. We've already called that. We we figured that out long ago. But Matthew, I got more reasons why the Giants shouldn't sign Aaron Judge. Okay. Number one, you hate your fans. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, they keep playing Don't Stop Believing." Like, I mean, how many times do we have to hear that song? Oh, we're, we don't believe anymore, folks. We have stopped. <laughs> we have stopped believing. No matter how many times you play that song, we no longer believe you're ever going to sign a free agent and and spend money to, to help this team win. Um, so that's one reason not to sign Aaron Judge is because you hate your fans. Second reason, closely related to that, you don't want fans to come to the stadium. Maybe all those people coming and sitting and down in the seats is making the seats wear out and those springs are going to go and yeah. you don't want to spend money on replacing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like this is a good way to not have fans come back to the stadium. 
Well, and plus, you know, the, how much garlic and like fries you have to buy, or the more people come. I mean, just, it's I mean, just that a, food this is can, just a logistical all, nightmare. All of that right? bad I mean, food just... cannot be good for those seagulls. I mean, what about the seagulls, Matthew? Seagulls what about are their coronary right not, their coronary not... heart disease. Yeah, I don't know what they do during the off season, but but during during the regular season, they're just eating all of this oh. bad food. It can't be good for them, right? I, I think about think the about seagulls. That. I didn't even think about yeah. the off season. Like if we sign Aaron Judge, the seagulls are going to get a lot more garlic fries, and that can't be good for them. Well, I'm I'm happy to report that no seagull ever gets my garlic fries because I finish every oh, single damn. one of them. And okay, well, and here's my last reason. Okay. How is Farhan going to prove to us how smart he is if he does the obvious thing? Well, that's a good argument, actually. Like, you know, how is he going to show what a good bargain hunter he is if he went and spent top dollar for the top of the line high brand product, Mm -hmm. the overpriced product? Mm -hmm. He can't prove to us, like, you know, what a bargain hunter he is. He's like, but honey, I know this melon doesn't look good, but it'll still taste good. Mm hmm. How can he do that? Well, I, I think he's going to find a platoon uh, option for Aaron Judge. <laughs> and and then Kapler won't play him every day. Yeah, we didn't play Lamont Judgey Wade, today. Lamont Wade Jr. will be starting instead of Judge. You know, yeah, we didn't play Judgey today because we had a right-hander going. And, uh, yeah, you know, he's pretty tough on uh, on, on the righties. So we, we thought we'd give Judge. We're going to do it this way for the rest of the season. Um, we got some rookies. We got some rookies. We got some 40-year-old rookies who've never played in the game before. They're named Ben and Matt. They're going to pinch hit for Judgy. They've never swung the bat left-handed, but we really feel like that's going to work out well. Um, that, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and, so, and Judge so is right. totally on board with it because he knows that's how we do things around here. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I mean, look. Look. The Giants have to pursue Aaron Judge because they need to turn this organization around. And I don't just mean in the wins and loss column. Like, look, I know, know, I know we all want to win. But the Giants also need to prove to the fans that they are who they say they are. And I don't mean the team. I don't mean the players. I mean the front office. They keep talking about how this is a, a first-class organization. This is a, this is a big-market organization. We're going we're gonna to do whatever it takes to win. We are just as good and just as strong as the Yankees and the Dodgers. They keep saying it, but they're not doing it. And they got to, like, at some point, they either have to, you know, shut up or put up. They got a poop emoji or toilet emoji. And uh, this is, I mean, they've waited too long. And so now it's Aaron Judge or bust, man. Aaron Judge or bust. I got my pitchfork ready. All right. Well, I love how we just keep milking this Aaron Judge story. You know, hey, we could have stopped recording weeks ago, man. The baseball season's been over for four weeks. (laughs) I would like to to thank all of you who keep downloading our episodes. All I can think of is that you must be just starving for Giants content and you just keep coming back to hear about Aaron Judge. But we're going to segue away from Aaron Judge right now uh, because there are other free agents out there, Ben. No, there aren't. (laughs) There actually are. This is a lie. You're just, oh, you're just trying to get me to like say, oh yeah, we should sign other people. I, I, I think we should... Well, we we need to sign more than one, right? And I think that that's... uh, So there are some others out there. And we've got a lot of money off the books this year. 
right? Uh, and and so that is the one thing that our front office is good at. Yes, yes. So let's just say let's throw a number out there. Let's say that the Giants have a two hundred to two hundred and ten million dollar budget next year, and and it's been a little bit lower than that. It's been the hundred and sixties uh, the last you know prior to the pandemic and even just last year. So it's been a little but bit it's lower. Less fun if we lower our budget, right? But but they came out and said. Charles Johnson and them said, we're ready to spend money. And and so Yeah, because they hadn't spent money the last two years, right? right what are right. they doing with all that money? Yeah, exactly. It's it's sitting in a bank somewhere. And or they're skimming it off the top and buying more yachts. It's one <laughs> of the two. So let's let's go over our needs here. Okay. So the first one is starting pitching. We uh t- as of today, Carlos Rodon opted out of his contract, which we we knew he would. Uh so he is now a free agent. Free to sign with any team, including the San Francisco Giants, and uh, and so, but there are a few others uh, starting pitchers that are out on the market that fit maybe the mold that the Giants have liked because we it is well documented that Farhan Zaidi does not like to give long term contracts to pitchers, and and probably it's one of those areas where he's probably right, uh, but nonetheless, uh, there are I, I have listed on our. Trusty notes, Ben. Five starting pitchers who are free agents who could possibly help the Giants this year. There's Jacob Degrom, Justin Verlander. Those are the two kind of top of the market. Even though Justin Verlander is older than Methuselah, uh, then there's two other Chris Bassett uh, and Nathan Ivaldi. Both have uh, had pretty good years. And then, of course, there's Carlos Rodon. And so I thought we could spend a little bit of time figuring out who who would we want to to replace uh, Rodon. And the other option is doing nothing and having, you know, waiting for Chris Harrison to to come up and and assume a spot in the rotation. Uh, so that is that is an option. I mean, I think we're assuming that they're going to fill that spot, but maybe they don't. Uh, personally, I would like to go for the who we know category of Carlos Rodon. Uh, Spotrack projects him at a four-year contract, $126 million with an average annual value of $31,600,000 over four years. Uh, he is not the most expensive in terms of AAV, however. Justin Verlander and Jacob deGrom... Jacob deGrom is a three years, $125 million, with an average annual value of $41.8 million. Uh, Justin Verlander, because he's old uh, and is 40 now, I think, uh, or would be during his next season, uh, two years with an av- at $73 million, so average value of $36.7 million. So those three right there are the cream of the crop. If you look just last year, you know, Rodon was coming off an injury plague season or he actually pitched pretty well, but uh, had experienced some shoulder discomfort. There was some questions about his durability. The Giants signed him to this unique two year with a player option uh, contract and let him prove himself. And and he did. Uh, Verlander doesn't need to do that. Verlander might win the Cy Young uh, this year at 39 years old. And uh, and but he's 39 years old and be 40. So a two year contract seems like that could be something that the Giants would be comfortable with. DeGrom at three year contract due to his age and his injury history could be uh, something that they consider as well. 
out of those three, Ben, do you have a do you have a preference? I I mean, hmm. So I was just quickly looking over these guys, and the main things I was looking at was their whip and the number of games that they appeared in over the last three or four years. And honestly, I mean, Verlander missed all of last year and most of 2020. Right. Um, but, I mean, he's going to win the Cy Young Award this year, right? And, and I know it seems ridiculous given his age, but... Hey, he's got a brand you know, new arm, Ben. That's got... right. He's got a brand new arm. He's the reigning Cy Young winner. Like, why wouldn't he be able to at least do something similar to that next year or or over the next couple of years? Um, I think because of his age, like, you probably do not want to give him more than two to three years, right? Right. Um, so, I, honestly, I like Rodon and Verlander. DeGrom, my goodness gracious, like, I know when he pitches, he's dominant, but do you know how many games he's pitched in the last three seasons? No. I'm assuming... He's had, he had 12 games in 2020, which, of course, was 2020, right? So he was probably fully healthy that year. Last year, he only started... Sorry, in 2021, he only started 15, and in 2022, he started 11. Oh, wow. I mean, like... Yeah, do you really want to give forty-one million a year to a guy that's only pitched in what twenty percent of the games? He's pitched in like he's pitched in twenty-six games. Generally, you want to have 35, 34 starts, right? Yeah. Uh, in a season from a fully healthy pitcher, he hasn't even done that in two seasons. I I think you know I don't think he has demonstrated any sort of health. Um, I think if you can get him. Like, if everybody stays away from him because of that, then I think, yes, you start to have a conversation. And this does turn into a Farhan Zaidi special. What right? if, I mean, could he replicate Rodon's contract? You know, with yeah, DeGrom. I mean, I don't know if he could. Like, if they could do what happened to him last year, right, do a, a, a prove it, you know, and have a have a player option. I mean, maybe that's something that they could do. I think that's that's you only look at DeGrom like 41 million. No way. Because that's like that's eighty two million. Yeah. Right. That's eighty two million dollars in my books. Well, that's two years. Pitches... Botrack is projecting a three year contract for this guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, three year. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, so no, that's well, that's still forty one million dollars. So that's one hundred and twenty three right? million. Yeah, but it's forty one a year, right? Yes. Yeah. But if he only pitches half as many games as a normal starter. Oh right, you're, right. Yeah. You're paying him basically. What you would pay somebody if you paid him $82 million. Correct. Okay, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of value that he's delivering, right? Because yeah. he only pitches half the games. So, like, that, like, and he's he's the most expensive guy on this list, and he pitches half the games? That makes no sense to me. That's funny money, right? That's, that's silly. I think Jacob deGrom is off the board because of that, mm -hmm. right? I would much rather see Rodon or Verlander. Bassett is is interesting because he's younger and he has been pitching a, a normal number of starts in the last few years and he's been pretty good. I think I think you you know that's somebody I would I would seriously consider as somebody like Bassett for a three year contract. Um, and you bring back um, you know you bring back well you have the rest of the four guys. What it's Junis Wood Desclafani Webb. And you have Harrison there, right? You need, I mean, let's face it. You need to have six to eight viable guys going into the season, right? Yeah. And even that might not be enough. 
you know, I mean, like just major league starting pitchers get hurt a lot. And when they get hurt, you need to have somebody step up into their, into their place. The Giants were super lucky to have somebody like Junis. I think it's it where everybody is is very, very expectant that Kyle Harrison will be that guy next year. Um, but I do think we need to add a little bit of depth. So I would say, you know, one of these guys or maybe somebody who's a little bit lower down on the list. But, you know, maybe somebody we signed to a minor league contract to give us a little bit of extra depth. Um, but I would really love to see Rodon come back. I was looking That's at uh, I was looking at Chris Bassett's uh, comparing him to Logan Webb. And what's interesting is that last year they they, they had the exact same record, fifteen and nine. Um, but then they start to definitely distinct differentiate themselves. Uh, Logan Webb had a better year, although their WHIP is similar, uh, uh, and their um, but but Logan Webb's ERA plus is one thirty nine. Bassett's is one thirteen. Uh, so, uh, definitely Logan Webb is a better pitcher. Uh, so you're not necessarily replacing Rodon with a Bassett, but you are adding a very solid, probably number two pitcher there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if that does, if that's the way it plays out, you only sign somebody like Bassett, you're hoping that Webb, you know, rebounds and looks more like the, you know, September, 2021 Logan Webb than the 2022 Logan Webb. Although the 2022 Logan Webb was very good, right? He, he was a good number two. Yeah. But you're, you're kind of hoping he, he steps up into the number one spot. And that's I think that's still well within the realm of possibility, right? There's no reason why that couldn't happen. Um, but it's more of a crapshoot this year than it was last year. Uh, so I, I think Bassett would give you more depth, but he's not, you're still looking like you don't have an ace anymore. Yeah. Which is why I'd like to bring back Rodon. Although I think Verlander would be a good uh, runners-up prize in that case. Degrom, I think we should stay away from. Yeah, okay. because of the injuries. All right, so let's say, okay, Verlander or Rodon, one of those two. Now you've got thirty. Let's let's split the difference. Let's say thirty-four million now, uh, in a in a pitcher spot there. So that's that's like a third of your $100 million plus uh, you know, budget for this year to, to spend. Then we got, we got defense up the middle, right? With the, with the shifting, uh, we needed center fielder, inner middle infielders, uh, the shift rule coming into effect. Uh, so obviously you want better younger defenders, which the Giants have been on record saying that they need to pursue. Uh, and we also need better offense. And so obviously there are four really good shortstops out there who are above average defenders. Uh, and and you've got Correa, Turner, Bogarts, and Swanson. And three of them, well, so Correa is the considered the, the star of the class. And Spotrack projects him as an eight-year contract at a $253 million. So the average annual value is $31.7 million. Uh, then you got Trey Turner at six years because he's slightly older. So six years, average annual value of $33 million, 33.6. So a little bit higher average annual value than Korea, but you're not getting those last two years. Uh, Bogarts, six years, $31 million. Dansby Swanson is considered a downright steal at six years, $24.8 million. Uh, which one of those jumps out at you? I mean, obviously, if you're going to choose, right, you want Correa. 
I think you want Correa. I mean, I think for the defense and, you know, for just the both sides, you know, and he's also young, relatively. Um, yeah, I think Correa is the cream of the crop. Correa uh, does not strike me as someone who'd be like, I'm going to come to you and I'll gladly play second base for a year while you let while your 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 icon Brandon Crawford finishes his career. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Like, um, and I don't know him at all, so maybe he's a saint. I have no idea. But could that be a problem? Well, I thought Correa was the guy who was said he was just like, I'm going to go where they give me the the best. He he contract. did say that. I, yeah, that's what he's looking for. But I also assume that he wants to play shortstop. Um, but uh, well, I mean, I I don't I don't know what you do with that. Like he, he I think you'd be honest with him, um, and uh, you tell him, uh, you know, whatever. And and at the end of the day, like if you're going to get Correa and he's your shortstop of the future, yeah, Brandon, I really like you, buddy. But you know, let's face it, right? Like you know, we it's it's yeah. You you put Correa at shortstop, and you make you just you, you deal with the uh, the outcomes of that. Right, I I agree. I think you know there's um, when you're trying to win baseball games, you can't let your emotions and your you know the how you feel about a player dictate where they play. And if you've got a better option there, you owe it to the team to play them there. Uh, and I think you know I think if there's anyone that would be probably understanding about that, although probably very disappointed, it would be Brandon Crawford. Uh, but could he would he be playing second base? Would he move over to third? You know, there's a couple options there. Um, but um, you know that that will be the big question, I think. Yeah, I mean, looking at their their defensive stats, and um, I, I don't know. I mean, defenses defensive stats are are not not great. They're not as quantifiable as offensive stats. As offensive stats, but but one stat that I'm looking at here is defensive runs saved, um, and it's really interesting because the of the of the shortstops, um, Bogarts, Correa, and Turner are all stacked right on top of each other hmm. in this stat from from last year. Um, so it, it almost seems like from a defensive perspective, and they're all above average. Where's Crawford in that list? Where is Crawford in that list? Uh, he is, uh, I'm not, um, oh, he's below them all. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, I don't know how these stats are calculated. And, and like I said, there's a lot of different stats. Like I'm sorting by a different one now. He, he rates much better in, in some of the other ones. Um, but, you know, Xander Bogarts looks really good. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he and Xander Bogarts is really good, a really good hitter. And he's. He's not that old. He's 30. He's the same age as Judge. He's a right-hander, and I think right-handers hit better, you know? I mean, Xander Bogarts looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I would lean towards Correa, but, you know, I really wouldn't be upset with any one of these three guys, I think, at the end of the day. And and I think somebody like Turner is probably going to be more willing to play third base, right? I don't know what that means, what you do with... with, um, with Flores and and um, I guess Flores becomes your first baseman for most days. I, I don't know, but um, 
And that's probably where where Wilmer's gonna play, right? First base. And that, that's where we want him to play. Yeah, I mean, but obviously he plays a little second, a little third. Um, yeah, but the more he plays at those positions, the worse off we are because of injury, <laughs> right? Like, well, and and with the shift going away, uh, him playing at second base is a, probably a big liability there. Yeah, not not a good idea. He can, but he shouldn't. And if he does, it means somebody important got hurt. Yeah. Although I'm I'm uh, waiting for the Giants to shift the left fielder over into short right field. Uh, they could do that. They could. That would be legal, right? Yes. You could put your you could put your outfielders like that and leave leave a really large gap. Um, it is interesting though, too, because of the way that that the park is. I mean, I didn't. I don't know that we wanted to go down this rabbit hole, but you could shift your right fielder and your center fielder into the alleyways, and then maybe have your what was your left fielder play that that shallow right field so you basically and you and you play them maybe a little bit to the right so they could play the line that would make the corners available but all right you heard it here first giants fans that's what the giants are going to do next year they're going to have a wacky outfield alignments to make up for that lack of shift um especially, yeah especially with with uh, flores play second base or tommy listella who's still oh, on the team yeah. <laughs> yes he is uh, well, I mean, I mean, we're running up against the hour. I, I, I mean, where does that leave us, though, financially speaking? Well, so we, the, the point is we could do all of them. So you've got Rodon at, let's say, Rodon at 31, Correa at 31, that's 62. Uh, you could do Brandon Nimmo, who is kind of everyone's darling, you know, kind of dark horse for the outfield. At, he's, he's averaging 21 million on Spotrack, five years. So you're still under... That, uh, that leaves a lot of money left for Aaron Judge. That leaves silly money left for Aaron Judge. And so that's you could, where we you could do all four of those if you wanted to. I mean, that would be stretching it a little bit. But you could certainly do Rodon, Correa, and Judge with that $100 million. Right, right. And there's still other interesting, crazy ideas like Rizzo or... Yes, or it could whatever. be any mixture of those. But the, the point is, you could have three pretty high profile free agent sign and still be right where you need to be. It's really interesting too, because I think a lot of like, even with them offering these extensions to Crawford a couple of years ago and to Wilmer Flores this year. And then you also have this whole thing with Longoria. He looks like a bargain, right? A good bench player, but you're, you're like, you're running out of spots. Yeah. You're running out of spots. And, and um, I think those are going to be more valuable than, than the player at some point. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, well, we did it. We filled an hour we, on free yeah, agency. Yeah, we did it. We did it. And uh, and now we know what to expect. And the Giants have the money to do it. And what's the reason we don't sign free agents, Matthew? Uh, because we like to screw over our fans. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That must be the reason, because the only other reason that you don't sign free agents is you don't offer them enough money. Oh, that too. Yes. That's yes. that's probably the number one reason. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not. It's not the, the the. It's not the length of the plane rides. It's not the taxes. It's not the ballpark. It's not the real estate prices. It's not anything other than you didn't want to pay that person what they would take to play for you. That's it. That's the only reason you don't get free agents, or they have some sort of stupid emotional attachment to their previous team, which is just dumb. Gentlemen, don't do it. Play for the Giants for as much money as the Giants will give you. Amen. 
And on that note, uh, adios, Ben. Have a great time in Mexico. Adios. I don't know when we're going to be back. You should probably find that out. No, no, I know when I'm going to be back. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to be back. Uh, week. Well, so we're going to drop this one early in the week, uh, which is a departure from our usual Thursday release. And then I assume we'll be back the following Thursday. Yeah, that works. All right. You had to think about that for a second. I did have to think about that. that would... The question is, are we going to have a Thanksgiving episode? Yes. Yes, we are. Wow. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, while the turkey is brining. We'll be recording. And so, you know, when your family is like driving you nuts and you just want to tune them out, you just pop in your noise canceling earbuds and you listen to a little giant cocktails. That's right. You just be like, I need some giant cocktails. And we'll have some cocktails ready for you for Thanksgiving. All right. Well, on that note, Ben, it was good chatting with you. Have fun in Mexico and uh, we'll see see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.